And now, The Right Reasons. Welcome to a very special episode of The Right Reasons. I'm David Jacoby, and I'm joined by... David Story. David Story is the producer of my favorite new reality television show, Tell Him the Title. Naked and Afraid. So if you haven't seen Naked and Afraid, it makes Survivor look like summer camp. Like, it is, just like, in the macro sense, it is, we drop a man and a woman off in the middle of the most harsh conditions on the planet, and then they have to survive for 21 days naked. Exactly. Why naked? Well, when you get down to survival, the the clothing is a shelter. And so what we wanted to strip, what we wanted to do is strip everything down to its barest elements. So um, we give them one tool each and then but otherwise that's it the one Mm -hmm. tool and they're against the wilderness and so if we gave them shoes or clothes you can do a lot of stuff with shoes and clothes but if you are truly stripped down to the barest essence of being a human which is being naked and barefoot and the barefoot's a big thing uh that's what real survival is about and they they love the challenge the people that come on the show love the challenge so i want to take us through the the show sort of chronologically like, sure. so so what's like the origin story of the show did was it always supposed to be for discovery was it developed was it was it sort of farmed out how did it work well what i heard and i'm not sure if this is totally true but what i heard is that uh a discovery exec uh was in a hotel had to go to the bathroom picked up the gideon's bible was flipping through Adam and Eve, and it said, Adam and Eve are naked and afraid in the Garden of Eden. That cannot be true, but I, I love the story. I love the story, and I don't <laughs> yeah. even want to know. I don't even want to verify <laughs> it or deny it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they like, came up- when I said origin story, that's not what I meant. But <laughs> I, but yeah, it's it's the origin story of origin stories. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so what I heard is they had the title first and then wanted to do a survival show, and then they brought it to my company, Renegade 83. And mm-hmm. um, I, I don't own the company, but I worked sure. for the company. And they, uh, and they went through a lot of process of – figuring out what the show was about. And and the big thing they figured out is that in survival, there's a rule of threes. You can survive three minutes without air. Mm. You can survive three days without water. And you can survive three weeks without food. And that last one is what they kind of hung the the framework on the show on is what if these people were naked and afraid, went into a jungle where they were given no food, only a bare tool, had no clothes, no shoes, and and no help. And could they survive for three weeks, knowing that at the end of three weeks, if you haven't had food, you will probably die. Mm. And we, uh, and that's how it kind of got, you know, developed. And and they tested it, or they they kind of did it on the fly. In Tanzania, was the first episode they filmed. It wasn't the one the first one they aired, and yeah. and they figured out there that they had a show, and it's gone from there. So the format of the show is you you, you you're first they do like a cold open tease of like the yeah. worst thing that could possibly happen exactly. in, the, in the whole entire episode. Right, right. Then they do the opening thing and then they kind of introduce you to the characters and one man one woman they give you their their sort of background and they assign this weird number like right. the TSR rating or whatever. TSR. TSR, TSR which ver- feels very kind of like producery, you know uh-huh, what I mean? Yeah, like we're, like sure. we're all really there just for what happens on the right, ground, but right. it, but it is nice to kind of check in, in their, on their PSR. I right. get it. It's sort of like a file a format, you know, beginning, right. middle, and end. And then they're dropped off in 21 days. Then after the 21 days, they, they usually camp in one place, and we'll get into that. Right. And then they have to trek via raft or stream or walking, right. usually like a pretty long trek, and then they get like a pickup location. Exactly. Right? We, we call, when they're first dropped off, we call that insertion. Mm-hmm. And when they leave, we call that extraction. And okay. the extraction hikes, as you say, or extraction swims, or extraction raft journeys can be can be pretty tough. Now you've you've done some of my favorite episodes, and I was really glad that you did um, Madagascar, That's which was one, yeah. fascinating, yeah. and Malaysia, which was all terrifying. Uh-huh. And there's I do as I watch it, you know, being a producer myself, there are certain things where I'm like, all right, like is this, huh? So I guess one of my questions is, you know where they're going to camp, 
No, going not, in. Not, we have an idea. We have an idea. Like the so, cave in Madagascar was seemed. It seemed like you, they were directed into that. Not really. You know what's what's interesting is we what we do is we uh, we hire a local fixer to kind of find us a general area, and we uh, usually sign up for the area, sign up with that fixer and sign up with that landholder, whether it's a private landholder or a national park or government or whatever, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, a couple people, me and the the advanced producer, will go out and we will scout it. And in Madagascar, actually, we scouted a lot of terrain for maybe three days. And on the third day, do you scout and then fly back and then no, fly back to shoot, no, or do you no, scout and then shoot? Uh, the, the weird thing is our locations are so far away that we that that would be ideal. If we had unlimited money, we would have a scout team go all over the world finding these places. But mm-hmm. um, that's just crazy expensive after a while because you could strike out. So what we've what we've done is we've found some great places, and then it's our job to kind of see, God, there's got to be some – no, there's got to be some food or water here. Yeah. And, and we figure that out. What's the sort of checklist when you're looking at a location? Checklist, big thing is water. As yeah. long as they have some sort of water, we feel good about sending them there. Um, other is some sort of shade. I mean, they can't be just in a desert. They have mm-hmm. to have some sort of shade. And uh, the third is food sources. Are there animals? Are there plant life? Is there plant life? Is there uh, trees or ferns or anything that they can eat? And so what we'll usually do is we'll go to a place and we'll find we'll meet with a local expert. Sometimes a botanist. Sometimes it's just a survival expert. Sometimes it's a tour guide. Sometimes it's a park ranger. Mm-hmm. And they'll show us what you can eat, what's good for medicine, what's good for clothing what's good if you for bug repellent um which never works uh, and then uh, and then once once we talk to them about what they think is a survivable area we'll kind of figure out an area where we think the the contestants will go but we we never say absolutely you have to be in that area mm-hmm. well we do have we do have one rule that we have to we have 24 7 medic nearby they yeah, can't, yeah. They, we can't ever be so far away from a medic that that people would if die. you haven't seen the show, the medic usually gets involved. The at medic, some medic point, the medic comes point. in. Yeah, at yeah. some point, usually. I mean, it's yeah. it's just so treacherous. Yeah, who's what is the staff? Because part of it, I'm just watching like as a producer. I'm like, how do they charge the cameras? Like, what, uh, what's the media management like? Like, right. just take me through it from like a production standpoint. Sure, sure. So, so like I say, the the producer, me, mm-hmm. and um, what we call the coordinating producer, will go. And we'll scout it out after after a local fixer, a local person on the ground who speaks the language and all that has kind of done a bit of the groundwork. And then yep. we go in and we look. We'll do three days of scouting, and we'll say, you know, that's near that water source, but uh, there's there's cows there, so we can't we can't have it in a cow pasture. We can't have it anywhere near where people are. So we have to make yeah. sure it's an area that no random people are going to go through, no random cows are going to go through. Regular wildlife's fine, but not livestock. Sure. And once we figure out an area where we think, hey, you know, they could probably survive in this general area, then uh, we figure out where we could be, where how close um, our what we call our bush camp is. And our bush camp is just where our medics are and where mm-hmm. people are in walkie. We have to be able to get to that bush camp somewhat easily. We have to be, you know, within about an hour drive of where we stay. Sure. And uh, and that's usually an area where we can put up tents and yeah, stuff like, like a that. Generator and and like- well, no, we don't have generators inside. We usually charge all our batteries back where we're staying, and then we bring our batteries in fully charged. Okay. So we have a lot of batteries. I can imagine. We, we have – the producers all have to carry a lot of batteries. So we don't have that many small producers because <laughs> we, we, we have a lot of – you've got to carry a lot of stuff. And it's a very small crew. It's the producer. There's the cameraman, the sound guy. Uh, the assistant cameraman who also does all the media management, mm-hmm. and then, uh, like you say, the coordinating producer. So that's five Americans usually, mm-hmm. and um, 
Then we have a PA and medic, daytime, nighttime, and a fixer from uh, the local country. So it's it's usually at most it's fixer, nighttime PA, daytime PA, nighttime medic, daytime medic from the foreign country, and then five of us. So a crew of 10 at max, and there's never 10 people there at the same time. So it's a very, very small crew by any kind of TV standards. I bet. The, this, is, this is sort of how it always goes. It's like, all right, they meet. They take the, they good they get there they take their clothes off they meet there's always an awkward hello yep. and and then it's always upbeat like the first sort of like four hours I always feel yeah. like hey this is gonna be great like I've got right. these skills you've got these skills everything's working out and then it all starts to fall apart after like 36 hours totally. when they haven't really eaten or drank and they are they're already they're already sort of just like lying there with no energy right. they hate each other and and and. That's day two, and then it sort of stays miserable until day twenty-one. Well, that's a little bit of it. Yeah. Feels like well, that. we have to we have to watch out for that actually. So my my question to you is, what is your relationship? I guess I'll call them talent or the cast. Uh-huh. What is your relationship with the cast like? How often do you talk to them? So we call them the survivors or the survivalists, mm-hmm. but um, we talk to them daily. We talk to them daily. We we go in um, every day. We shoot a six-day week, which I don't yeah. know, that means more to people in Hollywood than anything else, but. Um, we we do a lot of shooting. Uh, most people that know a little bit about reality shows might know this, but you tend to shoot an hour-long show on TV, a non-fiction show, in about five days. Yeah. And we have 21 days. So we are we can have days where nothing happens, and we and we have to watch out for that. But we, we want stuff to happen. So we are – we get there – try to get there right at the beginning of the day because if you're in a hot environment, that's when they're most active. So mm-hmm. we try to get there right at sunrise. And then, um, and then we – we talk to them, but we don't nudge them. We don't what well, we call produce them. We we want to see how it goes. As long yeah. as they're doing survivor stuff, survivalist type stuff, we just we follow it as it goes. And and that can mean everything from gathering firewood to fire hardening spears to making snares. They they can do almost any of that stuff. But a lot of it for them is getting water, getting food, and getting out of the hot sun. And building a fire. It's like one of the things – building a fire. It's always a thing. You need a fire. Yeah. It's not going to work unless you have a fire. Exactly. One of so the I did one show where they never had fire, not once. You, which one was that? Nicaragua with the duct tape guy and the – Oh, God. Yeah. They never had fire, not once. Oh, that just sounds awful. It, it, was, it was. It was horrible. raining the whole time though, right? No. Nicar- well, there's been two Nicaragua ones. My Nicaragua one, they didn't – They didn't. it didn't rain that much. Oh, God. Yeah. So – But yeah, fire is – You nut. must spend a lot of time. At some point – it, they must look at you and say, I want to go home. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we always say that between day two and day six, because as you say, on day one, they have a lot of adrenaline, yeah. they have a lot of energy. Between day two and day six, they all want to quit. Mm-hmm. Almost every one of them wants to quit, unless they're deluded. Um, they all want to quit. Or they, they, they look at you with like, there's no way I can keep doing this for two more weeks or two and a half more weeks. It's got to be daunting. But it, it is daunting. And, and there's a lot of, as far as we're concerned, there's a lot of kind of pumping them up and cheerleading and, you know, mm-hmm. using every tool in your producer toolbox to keep them motivated because they, they are at the end of their rope very early. Do you eat in front of them? Never. You can't? No, no. And it's weird. If you, if you like in Madagascar, this was my first show, um, I had a day off and then I came in the next day and so I hadn't seen them in 36 hours or so. Yeah. And when I saw them after 36 hours... The first thing you want to do is drop your backpack, give them your water bottle, give them a granola bar, and call a helicopter for a medevac. I mean, you, you when you if you saw these people on a hiking trail in the U.S., you would instantly get a range. Just down that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you just can't believe that they 
look that drawn, that gaunt. Oh, that like, like as a human being, don't you like? Isn't there a part of you that's like, I just want to help this person, like enough? You know what I mean? Forget this television show. Like, let's just get this person a sandwich. Right. But but but, and and it sounds almost kind of crass and callous to say, no, I don't do that. But Mm -hmm. uh, we don't do that because they do want to challenge themselves. To them, we we say it in the show, and it sounds a little gimmicky, but it's the truth. This is the Everest of survival challenges. Now, it's not something that a lot of people would want to do. I mean, if I had three weeks off to be in the wilderness, I'd go, you know, hike the John Muir Trail or raft the Grand Canyon. If I really Mm -hmm. wanted to be out of touch with everybody for three weeks in the outdoors, I'd do that. But I'd have clothes and shoes on. And they want to really test themselves. And so to them, they, they don't want handouts. They don't want water. They want to get it done on their own terms, and they want to find their their solutions. What have you learned about the human condition? I know this is sort of like uh-huh. a, a like a corny question, sure. but it, but on a show like this, I really feel like you will learn something. Oh, like, yeah, what have absolutely. you learned about humanity just from like w- observing this? Well, first of all, what, what have I learned? I've learned that if I ever drop food on the ground, I just pick it up and eat it because I've seen them eat so much <laughs> yeah, stuff that yeah, they yeah, never yeah. get sick from. I mean, you know, we are so germaphobic here. But uh, human condition, uh, there is there is a. Um, a wealth of resolve and strength that's probably primordial. It's probably from when we were naked and afraid mm-hmm. in our own situations uh, that people can tap into, that we are, that we don't think we can tap into, and, and you can tap into it. And sometimes you'd think, oh, well, of course he can tap into it. He's been training for survival ever since he was 17, and he's 38, and he lived for a year in the Pine Barrens. A, a guy I had in Argentina, he just has lived survival his entire life. Yeah, I remember. But, uh, for instance, Samantha in, in Malaysia, you know, she is a single mom. She works, she does like PR and stuff for Chick-fil-A. She does not have what you would think are true big-time survival skills. But she had a strength of mind where she could be suffering from a thousand bug bites and she could get through it. And what she did is she actually went out on a rock in the middle of the river and would do Lamaze breathing techniques. You know, she'd God. breathe in the positivity and breathe out the negativity, as she said. But so let's get into so, some of the specifics sure. of the episodes. Specifically, this one was is, is her in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. The, when you say bug bites, I've, anyone listening to this, imagine someone covered in bug bites and you're not even halfway there. Like no. this woman was head to toe, it, it just... She, her body looked like a mountain range of bug bites. It, it really was. And it was, and I was, and saying, it was not hundreds. It was thousands. Oh, my God. And this this all happened at night, right? Mostly at night, yeah. And it's it's always a combination of noceums, some mosquitoes, a lot of ants. Um, in the jungle, like in Malaysia where it's rainforest, you know, you have to be up off the floor, the jungle floor. And um, I don't know these things. Like, okay. I live in New York. Oh, yeah. like, well, you like, wouldn't like, want, why? Like, well, because like, in some places you could sleep on dirt, and that dirt's a lot more comfortable than sleeping on a bunch of logs spread mm-hmm. across a handmade platform. Sure. But to soften the logs, you always have to throw grass, and the grass always has bugs. But it has fewer bugs than the ground does. Um, so why and, don't, I've always wondered this. Why don't the bugs just crawl up your bamboo well, thing they, and then they, get and you? They do. Yeah. They do. And it's funny. Sometimes we'll be in an area, and, and the mosquitoes won't be that bad at first, and the flies won't be that bad at first. And then they'll discover us. And mm. you, and you just have to it, – it's bad even for the crew. I mean, sometimes we get just annihilated too. But the cast obviously is naked and has no clothes on. So they, they get the worse of it than we There's do. There's a part of me while I'm watching this show – and I'm a pretty sick person. <laughs> There's a part of me that just kind of like roots for someone to get attacked by a mountain lion. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just like it's not it's not a good thing to think as no. a person. But like I'm watching TV. I'm on my right. couch. And I, and I kind of want that to happen. And I'm always wondering this question is – 
is there some sort of perimeter that's established? Because there mm-hmm. is, like, the bugs are probably the worst thing in the world, but there sure. is, like, dangerous wildlife in these locations that right. can be life-threatening. Right. What, how do you counter that? Well, we, uh, in Malaysia, actually, we had to give them fireworks and whistles to scare off the elephants. Because w- where we were, they, uh, the elephants, we scouted this area one day. The grass was this high. Mm-hmm. We scouted the same area the next day. The grass was gone. And there was elephant poop everywhere. So we were worried, and that was the best location. So we were worried that elephants might come through their camp. So we, we give them whistles. We give them walkie-talkies. Okay. But, that, but that's, that's hold on a second. If you're like, oh, by the way, there are four-ton animals that are very aggressive and they can right. kill you. Here's a whistle. You'll be fine. <laughs> well, and fireworks. We give. Them oh, sorry. So, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And here's an M80. Yeah, yeah. How do they light the fireworks? Uh, they, this was one where you could uh, pull something in. It would oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That doesn't uh, seem like it would. It would be not be enough. Give there, me there a lot of security. Some, there were. Uh, you know, I haven't worked on. Uh, the Tanzania or Botswana episodes, but I think there were some uh, places there where they did have to have um, guys about a mile back with guns for leopards. They had to worry about leopards and hyenas. So, so I imagine. But now I'm not sure about that. I I, I haven't I haven't worked on every episode. You've so. been you've worked on a lot of reality uh, television. Yeah. You've been in this town a long time. You seem right. like a very intelligent person. Yes. Isn't there a part of you that says, "Why don't I just work on a show where I'm not worried about getting trampled by an elephant or killed <laughs> by a leopard?" Like America's Cutest Puppies. Exactly. Like yeah. Uh, it's more fun. It's more fun to be outside. I mean, uh, there's a uh, there's a definition of drama, which is drama is somebody wanting something badly and having a hard time getting it. And if you work in TV, you want to tap into that mm-hmm. that drama is you know somebody wanted something badly, having a hard time getting it because that's that's what we all do it for. We want to see the drama, we want to see the struggle, we want to see the conflict and the tension. And this show just lives that. It just embodies you know it embodies that to the core. And so that that's what I like about it. It's just primal drama the whole time. It's not, and you're not you know, constructing any of it. I mean, a little bit just because I mean they wouldn't they're not there. Yeah, I mean, own. obviously, they're not like feral obviously. human beings, right, but, you, right. you know, but but sure, you d- there is always tension, especially between the two of them. I have yet to see an episode right. where it was just smooth from start to finish. Sure, and why do you think that is? I mean, my theory is if I if I don't eat for four hours, I, I turn into an asshole. You sure. know what I mean? And they don't sure. eat for twenty days, but it seems like they're always kind of like they always kind of turn on each other at some point. Right. Why do you think that is? Well, I would say in Malaysia they didn't. That's one of the ones where they really didn't. Um, I mean, look, I, I just got back from a week-long vacation with my wife and daughter, and you know, we almost turned on each other. A times. So, so uh, I don't, I don't think, um, I don't, I, I think it's almost natural to get a little cranky at times if you're spending twenty-four-seven with the same person all the time, uh, and that's it. And, and they are, they, they think at first they have a unified mission, and they do, but they, everybody takes, you know, a different tact to try to get to where they want to go, which is a lot of food and water. And and when they disagree on their survival strategies, that's when the most fireworks happen. Yeah. And it, it, it always seems like at some point someone says, I would be better off by myself. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that that's true? No. You know, I, it, it's funny. I, we've we've had a couple where they've built little separate shelters. Oh, yeah. I saw, I saw like one that. of those. And um, it really, they're, they're – for one, they don't have that many uh, tools. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if you had all the tools in the world, then, yeah, maybe you could. But when you only have one knife and one fire starter, uh, to separate is a pretty big deal. That means the person with the fire can't cut anything. The yeah, person yeah. with the blade can't make fire. I mean, that's a pretty big, uh, you know, deal breaker right there. So I, I think and, – and most people would say that, that two people surviving together is, is the safest way to go. Probably. Yeah. And 
I've always wanted to be one episode where someone's like, oh, I brought a machete. And that person's like, I brought a machete too. Right, what right. are we going to do? I mean, obviously, right. there's some sort of like there's, yeah, planning. That's, that's yeah. where we get involved. What, what you have, have to. Them, yeah, what we have them do is they, they name their top four survival items. Mm-hmm. And then um, we kind of decide that, you know, we don't, we, the, it's their items, their choice. Um, sometimes their choices aren't great, but we we tend to go with what their choices are as long as they don't have the same item as somebody else. So in Nicaragua, for instance, um, Josh wanted to bring duct tape. He and he probably calls himself a redneck. He said it's a redneck's tool yeah, choice, yeah. and he made and it really worked out for him. He made her clothes. He made a they dug a what we call a, a seep well or a gypsy hole where they explain what that is for so people that haven't seen that, the show that haven't. Uh, it's insane because yeah. it, like I, I, this is one thing I learned from right. the show. He they they found the very beginning of a spring or the very the, the source of a little creek, but it was way too boggy and messy and filled with monkey poop to mm-hmm. to drink that water. So what they did is they dug about a two-foot-deep hole near that spring in where the water table was obviously pretty close to the surface. And um, you dig the hole, dig the hole, dig the hole, and then wait for it to fill up. And hopefully when it fills up, it'll have enough water it's to drink. Because the, the water's been filtered by the dirt. The dirt and the rock and the clay. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, it's, and it's always a little dicey because it's not this beautiful spring, you know, what you, you want to, you know, tap into. But if it's filling up just from the ground and it's not getting animal contaminants or plant contaminants, it's usually pretty safe to drink in most of the world. So. When? <clears throat> Let's go into this. But anyway, so, so his tools, so his the duct, his tape, duct tape, he they he made her a bikini with it. Uh, he made a water cup that they could dip into the hole because otherwise they would just be mm-hmm. getting handfuls. And you need so much water. When you're moving around in these humid rainforests, you need so much water. And so they were able to get, you know, like 16 ounces at a time. And then he made a blanket. And so that was the area where they didn't get fire. And, and so to have a duct tape blanket and a duct tape water holder and a duct tape clothes, it really worked out for him. Some specifics about the episodes that you mm-hmm. worked on. There's Fernando, who was uh-huh. insanely upbeat and insane. positive. Like yeah. it was like, there's, there's, there's probably something wrong with you. If you're this, yeah. this positive. The most positive guy I've ever met. Yeah. yeah. His firefighting buddies, one of them said, uh, if you gave Fernando a. If I can say this word on TV. Yeah, whatever you want. If, if you gave Fernando a sandwich, he'd talk about how great the bread was. Yes. So that, that's him in a nutshell. Yes. So he, um, he's the most upbeat, positive, optimistic guy I've ever seen. And he, at one point, they're starving, as they're they starving. always are. Yeah. And he says, oh, look, some fungus. Mm-hmm. And when, when you've watched the show enough, you kind of like uh-huh. you kind of get the beats. You know what's going to happen. So while you're watching this guy who's extremely likable and right. upbeat and he takes this mushroom from the jungle right. and he's just he's examining it, he's blowing on it, he's about to put it in your mouth. Isn't there a part of you? It's like, hey, man, don't do that. You right. could die. Right. Why don't you say that? Well, th- there's a little bit of a backstory to that one. Okay. So, um Fernando was eating everything he saw, like grasshopper, boom, bug, you know, just mm-hmm. whatever source of protein he was starving. Out. He was starving. Yeah. Um, and we had been told that the white mushrooms, the the moment they bloom, if you eat the white mushrooms, they are safe to eat. So I'm not though though, and the editing is a little weird in that in that it yeah. it, it shows that uh, he eats a mushroom and a day or two later he gets sick, which is the truth of what happened. But I'm not sure it was a mushroom. He was eating so much stuff. And so it, much that it and, might not be. We plus, have to I mean it's right. just like as a storyteller, you have to kind of like right, trace right. it back to something. Right. But you do want to say – and there were some other mushrooms there, these little orange cup mushrooms there that were totally safe. So so it's – you know, the first rule of survival is to not eat, eat mushrooms. And so I'm not sure whether that was the one that – what did it to him. But mm-hmm. he did legitimately get, 
very, very sick. That very day. sick. He had 103.8 degree fever. Uh-huh. And this is one thing that really kind of struck me. It was like the the medics, uh, if he doesn't lower his core body temperature, he might die. The medics' only resource to do so was to put him in the lake or the, the river. river. Yeah. And I was like, that's why we have a medic, so they have resources <laughs> to do things like this. But but see, they to really cool him down, that we don't have any ice out there. We don't have... We don't have ice baths. I mean, yeah, they could give him some ibuprofen or something. Yeah, like that, yeah. But, but um, that was the best thing. There's, there's a lot of jungle medicine, wilderness EMT type stuff that goes on. And um, we kind of have an unwritten rule that if they just go to where we store our gear, what we call our bush camp. Mm-hmm. And that's where we'll kind of go back and give the, ca- the contestants a break. Because we can't be on them 24-7. They would just die. Yeah. Um, so we go there to kind of give them a break. And if we bring somebody to that bush camp for medical treatment. Like in the Tanzania where uh, EJ, I don't know if you saw that one, he had a very infected foot. Yes. And so he had <clears throat> his foot treated at the bush camp. That is not what we consider a medical tap out. But if we have to bring somebody on a boat, in a car, and leave mm-hmm. leave the area totally to go get treatment, then we, don't, we can't bring them back. We consider that either what we call a medical tap out or a tap out. And so for Fernando... Um, you know, yeah, the getting in the river was the only way we could really lower his body temperature without bringing him back to a lodge and putting him in an ice bath. So when when they look at you and they say, "Dave, I just can't do this anymore. Right. I want to go home." Right. It's got to be difficult for you because there's a part of you that's like, "Well, I've heard this a million times before, and everybody ends up finishing right. this thing." Right. But there's also a part of you that says, "I might be liable in this person's demise." I mean, right. or like I might be putting this person at risk, right. and they're asking me to leave. How do you sort of like evaluate that? And well, act our, our first thing is safety first. So if, if the medic or the doctor, and sometimes it's funny. Sometimes we're in these countries where, uh, you know, a very successful doctor in Madagascar, the guy was friends of the president. He owned a laparoscopic surgery practice, and uh, with the economy as it is, it was more. Uh, beneficial for him to leave his surgical practice for a month and be our medic yeah, yeah. than to stay in the capital city and be, uh, be a, have a surgery practice. Um, but if those doctors or those medics say there's absolutely no way they can go on, then, then we, we don't have much choice. Mm-hmm. But like, say, uh, in Nicaragua, uh, Josh was vomiting for three days straight. and he. But our, our doctors were saying, you know what, you're fine. Uh, it's because you smoke too much you're trying to you're, he went cold turkey after smoking three packs of cigarettes a day okay it's not a very smart move but in that one i talked to him uh, i use every tool in my toolbox it's like uh you know being a dad being a cheerleader being a <laughs> sure. soccer referee all of it, those things i haven't been a cheerleader but uh um use every tool in your toolbox to kind of keep them motivated and keep them going because if they do tap they're they're going to regret it uh mm-hmm. most of them they're, we've had a Legend or around the office, we say that one person tapped out and was absolutely fine with it. She didn't have anything else to prove, and she thought that she didn't want to go on. But almost everybody else that has left a little early has regretted, it. and they've they've said, "I wish I hadn't done that." Because I bet they they in the moment it's so hard to think that you can do it. But but so we we try to talk to them, we try to get them involved, we tell them what they're. Uh, wives or kids might say we tell them what their husbands would say and we we try to keep them in it as much as we can but there's sometimes when there's just no recourse they just have to leave there was one episode which i said to myself 
about four minutes in, I said, screw this. I would never work on this show. <laughs> right. And that is the episode when I believe it was the executive producer, some one of your colleagues, right. went down on a scout, was bitten by a snake. Fair to Lance, huh? Yeah. Can you exp- explain the, ex- tell that story? Sure. So that, that was Steve Rankin. He's mm-hmm. uh, Shout uh, to Steve Rankin. I would oh. never, ever. I would be off this show. I'd be a barista at Starbucks it's, in seconds if that happened right, to me. Right, He's uh He's wired a little differently. Than yes. <laughs> he's uh He's a tough guy. He's uh, he's d- did a lot of uh, Bear Grylls, Man vs. Wild. Stuff. Oh yeah, and so he did. He's done a million survival shows, and he's from England. He did most of them there, and then they he came over here to start working on this. And uh, yeah, that was a very early show, and he I think was the third man over a log, and uh, he got bit, and he had we a lot this of times is before we, you were shooting. This is like scouting. You weren't there. This but is it, scouting, it was yeah, a scouting, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and a lot of us wear snake boots, and and they they look almost laughable. They. They go up to your knee almost, and a snake can't bite through them. Uh-huh. And he wasn't wearing those that day. He was wearing uh, just kind of low-cut hiking boots. Bad decisions. Bad decisions. And it had a little bit of a mesh in it. And uh, in in uh, Colombia, they have a saying, that the, the first man wakes the snake up, the second one makes him angry, the third one gets bit, and the fourth man runs away. So he was a third man, and he, wow. he got bit. And um, Explain what a fleur de lance is. For a, a fair de lance is a, one of the most poisonous snakes in the world. It's, uh, um, it's very vicious. It, like, a lot of snakes will back away or get away from you. A fair mm-hmm. de lance will not. A fair de lance will come at you. And that's what it did. It, it, he stepped over a log, and it got him, and he knew right away what it was. And... Um, uh, they had to carry him out on a litter, and he's had, I think, seven surgeries. When, when I first wow. met him, he came down to my Madagascar episode. He had a lot of his thigh on top of his foot and it was because they had a skin graft. So they had wow. to, like, put a skin graft from his thigh. So he's got a big chunk out of his thigh and the skin on his – there's and it was, had a lot of fat and stuff on it. So his, his foot was, like, you know, like this big. It had a, it had a oh. bunch of meat on it. And it was really gross to look at, and it's, he's since gotten a lot better. But uh, and he's still going to location and doing these sort of things. He has different boots, so yeah, yeah, I bet. yeah, yeah. I'm sure. He but does. it's funny because a lot of the locals, the time to be really scared on this show, uh, a lot of the locals throughout the world. You know, we're in tropical areas, we're in some third world areas. Most of the people that we that ever take us into the wild, that are the naturalists or the local experts, are wearing flip flops or Crocs or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then every now and then, when the locals are wearing you know, Wellingtons are thigh high, uh, knee-high snake boots, that's when you That's get when you know. Yeah, that's when, <laughs> yeah. when that happens, yeah. you go, oh, God, this is a bad. Because <laughs> the locals are wearing snake boots, that's the time to be scared. And what, how does how do the survivalists respond when you tell them that someone was just bitten? Well, you don't necessarily have to tell them. But uh, um, the, the funny thing on that one is uh, Shane, the guy that was uh, there on that episode um, – he ended up killing a fair to Lance. So he's he's kind of Oh, nuts. right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. He's nuts. He's nuts. Um, but uh, you have to have – they have a lot of bravery. and they. I mean the waiver form they sign is like a book. I'm but, sure. But uh, – and, and they are in, in danger. I mean like in, in Malaysia, that snake that uh, Fernando and Samantha found. With the red um, head or whatever? Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's called the blue Malaysian coral snake and it's um, – it's called the hundred step snake. Whereas if you get bit, you take a hundred steps and you keel over. Oh. And we had no idea. We uh, we had no idea what kind of snake it was. Fernando is a fireman in the Simi Valley. He often like has to grab rattlesnakes out of people's yards, and he has this technique where he grabs the snake and then throws it a little bit to disorient the snake. He throws it like four or five feet. Yeah. And he did that on this snake, and he threw it within a foot of me and the cameraman. And, and oh like, my God. I had no idea. And the weird thing about that snake is both its tail and its head were brilliant. Uh, brilliantly orange and they were both whipping around like that and you're like wait is that the tail is which that the one head? is going to bite me and, exactly 
And they didn't eat that snake, though, right? No, because he didn't have fire. So oh, that snake, right. that snake went bad, and uh, and it smelled like now, horrible. My favorite occurrence in the history of this franchise thus right. far had a little bit to do with snake and fire. Yeah, and it was on your episode. And I'm so glad Madagascar, that you're here yeah. to talk about this. This was Madagascar, and they're starving. Uh-huh. They're angry at each other. Like it's everything. They're everything's cranky, going yeah. bad, uh-huh. and uh, killed a snake, a mm-hmm. huge boa. boa uh-huh. just Lot ounces and ounces of protein, right. exactly what they need. Right. And uh, I believe his name was Jeff. Jeff was yeah. going to be the chef, Jeff the uh-huh. chef. Jeff the and chef. Uh, he turned the snake meat into concrete, and they couldn't <laughs> even eat it. He right. overdid it. Right. Like while you're watching this happen, is there a part of you that's like he's burning the meat? Yeah. And you don't say anything. You can't. I mean, again, it's uh, got to be hard. On, on some shows, you would produce that. Yeah. And on, on our show, it's like. Um, you just you let it happen. You watch. We're, we're we really are kind of voyeurs or spies or you know we kind of sit back and we let them motivate most of the stuff. Now if they if they're doing something that doesn't make sense, we have them explain it. But we don't push them to do much. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Jeff, I actually said to him, uh, I said Jeff, I'm not telling you this just as a producer. As a friend, I think you're overdoing the snake. Yeah. I said it's like, fine. You can always put it back on the fire. Right. You know what I mean? You can't You can't put the toothpaste well, back in the tube once right. it's already right. overdone. Right. And the funny thing is that we couldn't show it because that episode had so much stuff in it. But he did the same thing to two eggs. He They found some bird eggs there, which is just well, precious. This guy is the worst cook. <laughs> well, just, not only that, is, is they, uh, he, they burned down. They, they caught the snake, overdid right. the snake, couldn't eat the snake. Then they caught a second snake. Right. And they're going to cook that. There was another huge celebration. Right. And he said that you know it was a divine intervention. The snake was delivered right. to him. And then he goes to cook it again. And what happens then? He kind of overdid it a little. He yeah. overdid it again. And, and the smoker For the got second fire. time. And the smoker caught fire. Yeah. And the entire – and their, yeah. their whole like shelter caught fire. Right. There was, it, was, it was one of those moments watching at home where it's like you can't kind of help but sort of like get wrapped up in these two people's right. like right. dynamic and, and sort of challenge. And watching at home, when I watched that, I just wanted to cry. I yeah. just wanted to cry on their behalf. Sure, of course. It was so, but then there was the the eggs, and they ended up eating a couple right, of eggs. Right, right. But now the the interesting thing is, I mean, thank God they were in a cave because they almost set a rock cave on fire. <laughs> That's how bad that fire yeah. was. If they were in a conventional shelter, God knows what would have happened. It could have really been unsafe. Yeah. Um, but you, one thing that's 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 hard for most people to understand is how uh, much cognitive function you lose when you are starving. And oh, that's interesting. They are like toddlers. By day on day one and day two, they're sharp. They're getting it. Mm. By day five, um, they they can't figure out what word they want to use. They are struggling for it's really words. interesting. They, they make some really bad decisions. They um, a lot of times, especially if they are really low on water, and those two were very low on water. They did a great thing tapping into the cave to get water but they were getting teaspoons of water and it was mm. so hot there um they were leaning on their staffs all the time every time they stood up they nearly passed out they'd got dizzy and that 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 is kind of hard to watch when you're right there but it's 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 really interesting having them um try to talk to you in an interview because they they stumble on their words all the time they they really lose a lot of cognitive function fast and then when they Get that protein or get that water, it comes rushing back. Really? And they feel like they've, you know, taken some wonder drug because all of a sudden they have they have a little bit more fat and protein that their brain can tap into. But if you, if you have very little fat for, like I say, 21 days, your brain just really, you know, goes off a cliff. It's got to be difficult in your position because you're, you know, you need them to tell the story. There's right. no, there's no, exactly. uh, there is a voiceover. There is a voiceover. Yeah, yeah. So but we try to use do, it. As, yeah, as I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to have a voiceover tell the whole story. Right. So it's got to be hard to do an interview because you need them to explain oh, yeah. what's happening and, and they just can't. And I would say most other people would say that almost the worst thing is doing the interviews. 
because yeah. they, they that's where they have to focus the most with their brains and they they always have a hard time with it that's where it's, they it's, like, it's, it's got to shooting the show has to make the challenge even harder oh yeah yeah it does you know what i mean because it's probably easier if they weren't shooting the show how yeah. many hours a day or do they have cameras on them well what we do is we have a uh 24 7 in a way because what we we get there like i say around sunrise mm-hmm. And uh, depending on how active they are. In Argentina, where it was super cold, we wouldn't get there early because they weren't going to come out of their shelter. It was so cold. Yeah. Um, but usually we get there pretty early in the morning, and then we'll film, you know, three or four hours. Then we'll give them a little bit of a break. And they like to, by day seven, day ten, they are napping a lot because they're just so low on energy. Yeah. And then we'll go almost till sunset. And if we're in the tropics, it's almost always a 12-hour day anyway because you're close to the equator. And then, uh, but then we'll turn on a security camera. Yeah, that and night the, vision. Thing. That night vision. Yeah. yeah. And then we give them these things that we call diary cams, where they those have night vision, mm-hmm. and those can sometimes capture some great, things. some of the best stuff. It's some always it's stuff. always like, what was that noise? Right. Exactly. It, it, this is you get this one a lot. Is right. there is something very big? Right. Right next right. to us. I don't know what it is, right. but it is large. Yeah. And it's like I'm always just imagining that a tiger is going to jump on them, and I'm well, going to watch and, someone be devoured on my television. Right. And it, and and in some places, like in in Mexico, it's uh, one that's airing pretty soon. Um, they thought, oh, there can't be anything. We're camped on the beach. There can't be anything. And then they walk five feet out from their tent, and they're uh, lynx tracks all over the place, you know, big cat tracks. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And in Colombia, where it just was, you know, puma tracks and jaguar tracks everywhere, some big ones. And uh, so the, these. How do you do that? It's like, how do you just. How do you be like, you know what I'm going to do today? Like, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to go to my job, and I might get eaten by a leopard. <laughs> right, right. Like, how, how do you it, do that? They're, they're nuts. The people that go on this show are. And we, <laughs> truthfully, have some trouble casting the show because we, we uh, don't always have. You know, great people that that really want to do this show. Yeah, because I mean, we don't. They don't get much in the form of money or anything like that. They, mm-hmm. It's a very, very modest stipend. It, it would shock you how little. It's. It's also. It doesn't seem like that type of show. It's not that show. It's, we don't give prizes. We don't give. It's. You don't it's, see a lot of these people like moving to Los Angeles afterwards and trying to start a career hosting. You no, know what I mean, no. they're not going to. You're not going to see anybody from Making Afraid opening up a cupcake shop on another reality. Yeah, show. yeah. So exactly. Yeah. So they they they. Uh, but they really want to do it. They and the biggest the biggest animal thing that seems to be in every place we go to is wild pigs, and you know wild pigs are vicious and you don't aggressive. want to get between them and yeah. aggressive, and uh, they want a wild pig to come into their camp. You know, like Fernando was thinking that him and a spear in their little shelter would be able to get a wild pig. A wild pig would probably destroy their shelter in two seconds. And we saw some giant wild pigs in yeah. Malaysia, too. I think everyone's, seen, everyone's read Lord of the Flies in, like, fifth yeah. grade. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. they think that they can handle a wild pig. Right, right. The trek at the end, uh-huh. right? Extraction. It, it, extraction. So they always have they're, – they're in their camp. Right. They, they, they starve there for 20 days. And then it's – Well, like, we want them to thrive there. Yeah, we want them to hunt meat. Yeah. I mean, like, they, they rarely are – Eating well, right? Like, like very. I, I think someone. What was the biggest sort of like haul that someone's had? Well, you're going to see one coming up. Where the, the new season, by the way, premieres Sunday, April 19th at 10 p.m. Eastern. That's important. That's that's, th- that's the new season. That's how many season. episodes? Uh, there's going to be, I believe, eight episodes. Then a little break. Then uh, 16 after that. So there's going to be a lot of Naked and Afraid starting great. this spring all through summer. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, um, but anyway, so large hall, large hall in one of those episodes. So you have to keep the meat fresh, right? Isn't well, that the so next that, thing? Like you don't want right. too much meat, and that's why Jeff and Eva in Madagascar they made a smoker, yeah, because they wanted to smoke the meat, and then the smoker caught fire. So that's that's a tough thing. If you smoke, if you kind of do a low slow smoke, you can almost make you know 
smoked meat or jerky, you know, things that people have mm-hmm. used for ages to, to kind of preserve the meat. But uh, in the Everglades episode, there's going to be, you'll see, there's a, a big animal gets captured, and, and you, you won't believe how the guy did it. You've seen every episode, I imagine. Yeah, you weren't at every much, episode. Pretty much. They're the swamp episode, I believe it was Louisiana. Yeah. They were, I think they spent most of the time, like, knee to ankle deep in water. Yeah, that looked like a, I wasn't there on that one, but that that seemed like a miserable And one. then at some point, the gentleman took his foot out of the water and showed it to the camera, and it looked like a catcher's mitt. Like, yeah. it just looked like his yeah. skin was about to fall off of his body. Yeah, yeah. And And I just, it, I just, I, I'm fascinated every time at how these people are able to do this. They, there's, like I say, they have strength of mind and a resolve and a will to do it. And, and his, that was Billy and, and his partner Kai really kept him in the game. Kai was yeah. like, she was almost like the little tick bird on the, on the, you know, rhinoceros there. And she just kind of kept motivating him and they, they did amazing in, in one of the harshest locations we've had. The, well, another thing you learn watching this show. Mm-hmm. Thorns suck. Oh yeah, the, the thorns thing. The it's like you you always like oh I just don't want to get trampled by right. an elephant or eaten right. by a lion. But it's always like the bugs and the thorns because they don't have shoes and they have to go on these long walks. Right, and there's just thorns all over the Everywhere. ground. Yeah, it's just got to be awful. Thorns are thorns are Mother Nature's way of saying don't mess with this. And 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 so usually when you want to get to something, thorns are between you and and what's good. You know, so it's it's yeah the thorns would drive me crazy. I I just got back from filming and like. Eight days after I was filming, I noticed a kind of a red spot on my leg, and I pulled out a thorn that, bit that had gone into my. And I'm not. I'm wearing pants the whole time, so yeah, they have and to deal with so many thorns. Their feet take a huge beating on the show. How have what has been sort of the long term medical situation from someone that's been on the show? They they've uh, some of them say they haven't been able to gain muscle mass back that quickly. They've lost so much. Mm. Um, uh, I think uh, Manu in uh, in Panama, uh, she ended up getting dengue fever. That was probably she was military, if I remember right. Uh, she she did some kind of weird, some, some kind of, of secret stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah. sure. Um, yeah, she's she's a very tough woman, and uh, she had dengue fever, and that she took a long time to recover from that. Unfortunately, um, uh, otherwise, it's a lot of weight loss and trying to get your weight back. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Thank God no one's been seriously injured on this or seriously, seriously hurt. But so you mentioned you have a wife and a daughter. I can imagine two at daughters, some yeah. point your wife is like, dude, like, yeah. just don't. Just don't. Yeah, almost every day. Yeah. Just don't. Yeah. You know? And yeah. then why I, do you keep doing it? Well, like I say, the, the primal nature of what you do is, is pretty amazing. I mean, it's it, – for one, it's good to be outside. And I've worked on – a lot of the people that worked on this show have – I've worked on shows where it's about, you know, I hope they choose my cupcake for the wedding instead of their yeah, cupcake, yeah. you know. And we've worked on those shows, and, and, you know, we do it, and we try to make the best of it, but it's not what a lot of us got into it for. A lot of us really want to tell great stories, and, and you know, over 21 days, you're going to get some great stories. And it's and they're not they're not phony. They're real. And they – during the extraction – And my wife, my wife understands that. When I tell her, hey, I'm I sure. want to go out and yeah. do – I want to be outside. I want to be shooting – you know, really primal stories about people at the end of their rope and what they do. She goes, "Yeah, I get it. I just wish you wouldn't." Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, the some of the there was a raft mm-hmm. for one of them. I don't mm-hmm. think it was one of your episodes. I think it was when there's two pairs. I forget yeah. exactly which episode it was, mm-hmm. but there was one. There was one scene where they happened to look to their left right before they had to be extracted, and there was like on the beach there was ten perfect bamboo uh-huh. poles, uh-huh. and I said a producer put those there. I don't know. I didn't work on that one, so I don't know. But that sort of thing must happen. Well, 
We don't we don't give them food. We don't give them stuff usually. I mean, uh, there's there's no point. I mean, you probably shouldn't be saying this, but like the biggest secret I I'll do is sometimes like if I know there's going to be a day where they're going to do nothing but collect firewood because mm-hmm. that's honestly if in survival you would spend days in some of these locations of just course. collecting firewood. And I see firewood. I'll drag it up to them because I'd rather see them build a spear sure. than collect firewood. Sure. So, but really, honestly, that's it's not much deeper than that. So, and, and and a lot of these places, you'd be amazed how much, especially in these beach locations, um, we almost have to sometimes nudge them away from the trash because you know in the Maldives, I don't know if you saw that one. They they found clothes, they found underwear, they found like hats, they they found sandals. I think they. Um, in a lot of these locations, it's it's unfortunate, but there's so much plastic and so much stuff that washes up on the really? beaches. Sometimes bamboo does. I mean, sometimes the weirdest thing washes up on these beaches. And if you just let them have free reign on that, then it would be a pretty boring show because it would be almost too easy. Yeah, yeah. Outside so, outside so, of the show, just mm-hmm. like, just like you know, forget the storytelling and the constructs sure. and the cameras and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. just from all these travels to all these right. places, what, like, what have you learned? Uh, well, you know, it's funny. You learn something about the third world a lot. You learn, uh, you learn that most people in this world wear flip flops and don't <laughs> don't have main shoes. You yeah. learn most people are illiterate and spend most of the day sh- staring into space. Most people get around on motor scooters. Most people, um, uh, you know, cook with charcoal fires. Most people, uh, you know, we it, it's a very different world out there. And, and this mm-hmm. show lets you see some pretty crazy parts of it. Um, most dogs in the world. Are just running wild, just stray dogs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you learn things like that. W- w- one thing that's a little unfortunate is, like uh, in the last year, I've been to uh, a year and a half. I've been to Madagascar, Malaysia, Nicaragua, Argentina, Mexico, Thailand, Colombia. Uh, I've shot in all those places, and you think, oh wow, I've traveled all over the world. I know like two acres in all those places really yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't know. You much can't of the speak country. for even yeah. the country. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. let alone and, the, and the we go planet. To, we, yeah, exactly. We go to areas where the locals have like never been and like yeah. usually it's funny we're all used to it to a degree and the people that tend to get the sunstroke or the heat stroke or nearly fall over are the you know like if we'll get pas from buenos aires and take them to salta or we'll oh, get I pas bet. from mexico city and we'll take them to the yucatan peninsula they they have a harder time than we do sometimes what is something that you would never go without to one of these to one of these shoots that you that you learned along the way you know what i mean yeah, that's a good question um, wow, that's a really good question. You don't have to uh, answer it. Uh, no, I mean, I, I certainly, you know, I, I, it, at first I would always wear shorts on these locations. Then I, hey, you know what? Bug yeah. bites and thorns. I always wear long pants. What, 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 what do I think is indispensable? Liquid bandage is indispensable. What is that? You know, like the, instead like of putting a bandage on. spray stuff? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, or like when you cut yourself, you just put on a little. What about infection? Like again, like again, it's not lions and tigers that end up killing you. It's oh, oh, okay. well, I'll tell you, hydrocortisone. Okay. Hydro- I never go anywhere without hydrocortisone anymore because okay. you get attacked by all these bugs and and, and Benadryl or antihistamines. Mm-hmm. So that's we take a ton of that. Oh, and then no, the biggest thing. I'm sorry, biggest thing, bar none, uh, an antibiotic called Cipro. Cipro is this antibiotic that when you get a stomach bug. It usually clears it up within a couple hours. Really, and, and we've we've all had all the crew members have had 
the most explosive diarrhea you could ever imagine. I can, God. And and this stuff, Cipro, is a miracle drug. I I never heard of it before I started on the show. From being in these environments. Like, even if I go on, like, a a shoot in Salt Lake City, you know what I mean? And, like, you bring a crew of three people, you end up getting closer just because you have this, like, bond. You know what I mean? Because you went on a trip together. I can imagine that just, like, the the relationships that you have with the, the men and women that you work with on these on these shoots just must be really really close it's it's very close it's it, and some of the places like we were in Nicaragua we were in um, this little refugio which had no phone no internet we got a glimmer of an internet signal between 5 and 7 p.m. every night <laughs> we got a glimmer of a cell phone signal but but otherwise it was all of us hanging out under a under a Do you bring thatch beer? roof we try to we try to have some beers. You there. gotta have it for we a couple beers because those are long days. Those are very long days. Those are long but it, days. But if you're shooting in the Muslim countries, it's kind of tough. That Malaysia, is tricky. Malaysia is a very uh, a country with amazing food, and you have to like we all put our beer in like uh, coffee mugs. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't drink our beer in front of the Muslims there. So so April nineteenth is coming back. It's coming back. Yeah. Is this, has this been a successful program? Is the, oh, the yeah. ratings have yeah. been good? It's one of Discovery's highest rated shows. Mm-hmm. Um, the premiere back uh, in 2013 was like their highest rated premiere ever of a new show in history. So, Well, I know why. Yeah, because it was... It's called the Naked title. and Afraid. Exactly. That's why exactly. I watched. I yeah. was like, I have to see and, this. And I'm surprised you haven't asked me the... The main questions I always get asked about that, like, do people have sex on the show? They don't. They don't. Of course they, not. Yeah. It's not even worth asking. You're yeah. starving. You know what but, I mean? But you know what's funny? There's been there's been a couple times where you've looked at the two of them, and like we all have these. The crew is all on walkies, but we all have earpieces, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they can't hear us. And like, you know, there've been a couple times when they've looked at each other. I won't say who, but they've looked at each other. As somebody's made a joke. And uh, and they might be. You That's know, kind of part of it too, though. Yeah, they, but you see, you see a real bond between some of them. You go, oh my god, they're hooking up tonight, and they never. Sorry, yeah. they never do. They never do. I understand. I, yeah. And the nudity thing too is it's interesting because that's that's one thing you know a lot of us with wives or girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever. You know, you're going to look at a naked guy or a naked chick all the week long or for three weeks. It's just not sexy. It's it's after, not sexy. The first ten minutes can be. You know, I mean, seeing the opposite sure. sex take off their clothes is not unsexy. Yeah, after, ten, after ten days, it's oh, after just not. Minutes. After twenty minutes, it's like yeah, yeah I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so. And then I have to. There's obviously in Malaysia, which was one of your episodes, we had yeah. we had genital leeches. We'll call oh, them. Oh yeah, yeah. Which it just sounds awful. It, it, the leeches awful. there were awful. Yeah, they're yeah. covered in leeches. These yeah. people. When you're staring at someone covered in leeches, like don't you just want to put a blanket on them and be like, let's get out of here. Come on, <laughs> Fernando, let's go home. You almost do. You almost do. The funny thing is, the leeches. Uh, there's um, there's it should be a distinction made between the leeches. Most leeches, uh, and I did another show a long time ago about the med- medicinal value of leeches. But they, when they bite you, it's it's an amazing. Um, Technology or development in the way the leeches are, have you know evolved, they inject um, both a pain reliever and an anticoagulant into you. Leeches do so, so you don't like scab. So you really? don't, yeah, so you don't scab, so they can drink more blood. Um, but you don't often feel a leech bite until you notice you, you've got blood all over your pants. Except for tiger leeches. We had this, uh, our AC Francisco. Just what? Just <laughs> no, tiger, tiger leeches, leeches, man. There are. There are tiger oh. leeches. And tiger leeches, like, their jaws are, like, three times as big as a regular leech. And, you know, the regular leech, the jaws aren't that big. But um, when they bite you, like, people go, ow, what the heck you, is so that? So an AC got bitten by a tiger He got leech. bit by one of those. And, like, and the, the regular leeches, you can rub them or you put this little, we call it leech oil. Yeah. We put this little, like, it's kind of like a, a tea tree oil or something like that. And you rub it on them, and they go, ooh, and they, they back off, and they, you throw them away. But um, 
the tiger leeches, nothing worked on them. Oh, and the smallest, God. the weirdest thing is you think, oh, big leech, that's scary. The small leeches are the ones you got to worry about. Oh, my God. Because the small leeches can go up certain so do the thing. Do the thing that's going to make discovery happy. Tell me. Tell me about the upcoming season. Uh-huh. What the night? What time it's on? Tease me a little bit about some sure. episodes that are sure. coming up. Like do the plugging thing. Sure. Dave. Sure. Okay. So Sunday, uh, April nineteenth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to a week from this Sunday. A week from this. You're going to blow Game of Thrones out of the water. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's a that's a scary thing. Is we've been up in the past against Sunday Night Football and The Walking Dead. And but it re-airs a ton. But it re-airs a ton. And so. everyone DVRs. Like, nowadays, exactly. it's not really it should, about it what yeah. your initial air rating exactly. is, even though that's exactly. what people point to. But it's exactly. like, like over time, they're all online. You can watch right. these online, right? Most of them you can watch online. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, people, people if you yeah. want to see this show, you can see this show. Exactly. Exactly. And you should see this show. Yes. It's a great show. So there's uh, some great episodes. There's one in, um, there's one in Colombia. There's one in Mexico. The Mexico one I did. It's great. The... Uh, uh, Just give me a little tease. They're not well, going to be mad. They're okay. not going to be mad, Dave. So in, in Mexico, what was great about that? They were in. It was the hottest environment I've been in. It was. It was up to 100. We were in. Says Mexico. the man who was in the desert in Madagascar. In Madagascar, and and uh, just got back from the savannas in Colombia and. Mexico, we took measurements. And, you know, if you put a cheap thermometer in the sun, it's going to sure. show. Yeah, we, had a, we had good thermometers in the shade. It was 106. A lot. Oh. So, and it was, we were filming in the Yucatan in July, and it was just crazy hot. And they had a really hard time uh, staying cool, getting enough water, and building things. And they, uh, they did an amazing job. The, the guy was almost like the professor on Gilligan's Island. He came up with... One gadget after another, like a, a fire pump. He came up with like a certain kind of lizard snare. There, there's wow. some really cool ingenuity in the that. The fish episode. trap never works. The fish trap? It just actually, never in works. In Thailand, it worked to catch an eel. Okay. Did they eat it? Uh, except there's, <laughs> you've heard the phrase, slippery as an eel. <laughs> the, the guy, Matt, and this is a Thailand episode that's coming up pretty soon. There's a couple Thailand episodes coming. And he empties out the trap and just thinks that he can grab the eel like – You'd grab a fish. That's what I would think. And you'd be amazed how slippery an eel is. It just goes, and it just like it got out of his grasp three times. And it was, it was on land. And well, he emptied it, the trap on land, and this thing he was like batting it and batting it, and batting it, and couldn't get and it. And it gets him in the, and it gets the water. Away. But the, but the uh, that guy Matt was uh, probably the best hunter we've ever had on the show. Yeah. You, you got to see that show. He's he catches everything. Um, this Everglades episode is epic. Um, there's some crazy stuff there. I mean, you, you, I would never want to go to the Everglades. That's the thing. When I watched the Louisiana episode, yeah. I was like, I can't believe that this is this is our country. This is our country. It yeah. feels like another planet. Yeah. And some, so the Louisiana episode and the Everglades episode are two of the worst we've had. Or, you know, two of the hardest we've had. And you and, can, and they're right here. They're in our country. You don't need oh, a passport. Oh, so terrifying. Uh, those are both great ones. Um, there's a very interesting one coming up in Colombia where uh, a vegetarian went with a um, a really hardcore like uh, you know. Uh, kind of chest beating guy. Oh, that's happened before. The vegetarian yeah. thing is, is vegetarian. That's a tough thing to do when you're in Survivor. Yes, because you need protein so bad and you need fat so bad, and, and it's you know it's hard enough for a vegetarian in you know in Los Angeles yeah. to find that stuff to do it in the wild is really tough. But but she had she's a strong girl and she she found some great solutions to that. Um, what else is coming up? There's a a couple in Guyana that are just. You can't believe how hard they are. There's a few more in Mexico. Mm. We we did a, a number in Mexico. And how many episodes are coming up this season? Um, so 16? I think I think we have eight. Then we go to this uh, other uh, kind of spinoff show that I can't really tell you about too much mm-hmm. yet because it hasn't all been announced. But that's going to be an amazing show too. And then uh, I think after that there's going to be another 
another 12 or 8, I believe. And then, uh, and then we're starting to film some more. Or we're just starting the casting process on another round now. So it's... It's a uh, it's a great show. It, it's hard for. It sounds like the network's getting behind it. They're like the, the network. We've got a hit, so let's 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 blow this out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's a little. It's a you know it's a hard thing. I I I kind of sympathize with the network because when you're doing Ice Road Truckers or Baron Sea Gold or Deadliest Catch, you know people come back for those characters, mm. and uh, they know that they're going to get great characters and great action, but they get both. And on our show, it's two new characters every time, so it's um, it's, it's a little not uh, just two new characters. It's two new. It's a new environment. New environment. You know I mean? yeah. They they. There are similar beats in every show, but sure. the, but every one is different, which is kind of nice because yeah. they're not all A pluses. You know what no. I mean? So even if you're watching one that's a B B minus, you can tune in next week. Well, you might get an A plus. Yeah, yeah. You know and, and I mean? so instance, it, works, it works for you too. It does work for us. And sometimes the action is all spread out over all 21 days. And like in my Nicaragua one, the guy tapped on day five, mm. and and you'd think, oh my god, there's not enough of a show here. And she lasted for 16 days on her own. But there was so much action in those first five days that you know most of the show is those first five you days. Build it out, yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 an amazing show. It, it changes every time. But if you have twenty one days to get drama, you're going to get it on this show. So just because I'm a nice guy and you're here, I would lie to you and tell you that I really like the show and everyone should watch it anyway. Thank you. But I really do like this show. It's like, a this great is show. this is one that I just feel like more people need to see. They do. It, they it's do. really really helpful. It's on Discovery. The new season starts on April 19th, and I just want to thank you so much for coming by, Dave. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on Podcast.